Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's happening, guys? And welcome back to Ready, Set, Go, a real estate investing podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We got a special guest coming from the East Coast of New York. And the guy's been in the game for the last 12 plus years. Started off as a fix and flip investor, done wholesaling, ground up construction, you name it, you know, over 90 plus deals at the time. And the last couple of years has transitioned over to investing his own capital along with partnering up with his two brothers to be able to become more of the hard money lender, the you know private money lender and helping out more people, more investors like you and I to be able to grow and scale our portfolio, being able to get the you know quick bridge type of funding and loans and DSCR loans. And at this point has lent over 500 million, which is incredible and really exciting. And something that you know, the guy started off doing door to door sales and cold calling to be able to get some of the deals that he, you know, first began with. Right. And and we all have the humble beginnings to where we're at today. If you guys are listening for the first time and looking to become a real estate investor or looking to grow and scale, you know, you'll realize quickly as you really grow and scale your investing portfolio that becoming the bank is the safest, most lucrative position that all investors end up with at the end of the day. Like that's where you want to get to at the end of the rainbow here. It's like when everybody starts to get down to boiling down to, hey, I don't want to live this active lifestyle anymore. I don't want to do all the heavy lifting, all the headaches. All I rather have the note for protection, have the security, deal a little bit of paperwork and become the money partner where I'm lending out money. The investor guy does all the hard work and afterwards I'm protected. I get a wire, you know, a couple months later, a year later, whatever, and constantly just becoming the bank. It's the best, strongest position to ever be in. And that's where, you know, you'll find yourself at the end of the day. So the sooner that you realize that, the sooner that you acknowledge it, the faster you can get to, hey, let's get let's get some fun started. Let's get some money in our pocket and let's stop working as, you know, working harder, right? Start working smarter. So I'm excited to really deep dive into into this conversation today. So Salomon, what is happening, man? How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks so much for having me today. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, likewise, dude. So you got an awesome background. I love cold calling. I love door knocking. I've, I've done that myself. And I actually had an interview with somebody recently and I was shocked. This guy, he was working for a firm and doing cold calling. And one of his cold calling, he ended up getting a $50 million lender. And he said, he told me that wasn't even his highest one that he's cold called in the past. I was like, holy cow, like $50 million over a phone call, you know, that it developed into that relationship. And it's just mind blowing what you can do with with getting your butt out there and putting in the reps, right? It's a numbers game. So not to take any discount, like I want to hear about your story for anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, where you're from, what you're up to. Can you give us that 30,000 foot view to to make more sense of how the hell you got to this point today? 
Absolutely. So I'll, I'll start off by saying, you know, I started in the industry in 2010. My cousin, who I refer to uh, like my brother today, Ruben Isgalov, reaches out to me and says, hey, you know, I, I'm working at this office. We're doing loan modifications. This is 2010, right after the financial crisis. Yep. I, I did that as well in the past. So while we were working with people when I first got started, that's good. I love it. Yeah. He's like, dude, come in, you know, you'll be helping people, you know, get a loan modification on their properties before they lose it to foreclosure. So I, I came in, I was fresh out of high school. You know, I took a little time off of college. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go anywhere. Let me just start doing this. I was cold calling, did a horrible job. I was horrible at it. I, maybe I think I closed one deal. I'm not too sure if I did. Got super discouraged. And then I was like, you know what? I think maybe school is the right route for me. Applied to school, got into college. I thought I was going to do pharmacy school. That didn't work out. I'm like, all right, this is not for me. And in 2012 or 2013, I came back into the real estate industry. And you know, at that time, my brother and Ruben already started a real estate acquisitions company. So they're, they're already on the acquisition side. So I was a few years behind. So I had some catching up to do. Jumped on the phone right after, right again, right? Didn't do too good. So I was like, all right, I, I need to sit down and, and try to figure this out. So started reading a couple of books on sales and, and how to be, uh, I guess, more personable. Found some success in that. 48 Laws of Power was, was a great book that I read. I had a you know, fantastic time reading that you know, multiple times already. Started doing better on cold calls, was setting up appointments to meet with people to sell their properties, or to purchase their properties rather. And then from there, I also was door knocking at the same time. So this is like... 2013. Not many people were in real estate at that time. Some people are slowly diving back into it. I was door knocking in Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, Cypress Hills area of, of Brooklyn, New York, some parts of Queens as well. So at those times, they were rough neighborhoods. So um, I, I have a bunch of stories there, but I think it molded me to who I am today. I mean, I would never change it for anything. But fast forward a few years, you know, we're fixing, flipping, developing in the New York City area. Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, and some parts of Staten Island. 2018 comes around. We're not seeing the same kind of deal flow that we're seeing for the past few years. The returns weren't as as lucrative as they were for the past few years. So we're like, you know what? We've always seen our hard money lender make so much money and they were always secure in every single deal that they lent on. Why not just start a, a hard money firm? I have a great story behind that too, where it triggered us. It's like, hey, you know, this, this guy just made all his money and, you know, we're walking away with nothing. We purchased a, a one family home in the Bronx where we thought we were going to make a killing on. We thought we were going to make, you know, 100K plus on the deal. There are a few issues with the foundation. There's some other issues with the property where we walked away losing like $50,000 on a deal, on the deal. And at the end of the day, our hard money lender made like $60,000, $70,000 on us. And we're looking at it like, this guy just made all the money, you know, didn't do a damn thing, didn't do a damn thing except lend it out. He trusted us to, you know, and if you didn't pay him, he was just taking back the property, putting liens on your stuff, right? There's there's a bunch of, um, you would have owed it one way or the other. Exactly. So like- He was in a safe spot. Exactly. Like this guy is so secure. Anything goes wrong, he's taking over the property. Even if we pay off today, he's still making his money. Yeah. Like, this is the route that we have to go. So in 2018, we founded WeLend. And to date, we've lent a little over $500 million, which is still for us considered peanuts in our industry. Sure. Um, we're growing and expanding our programs, but that's how we landed with WeLend. I love it, man. So it's called WeLend. Yep. I love it. Okay. Talk to me about the benefits of like, why would an investor go to a hard money lender? 
There are a few reasons, right? First reason being that a conventional bank really does not want to lend on properties that are distressed. Yes, you can get a 203k loan, but that's if you're living in the property, right? For these properties that we're lending on, these are all investment type properties. Yep. Right? So banks don't want to lend on distressed assets, especially in the in the niche space of the one to four units, because though though for them it's those loan amounts are a little too small for them to to lend on. It was like a, a larger asset class. You know, whether it be like 200 door multifamily or 300 door multifamily, then they would start entertaining that. But in this realm, it's it's a bit small for them. So the benefits to coming working with a hard money lender is you leverage your money, right? You're using other people's money. So you're able to get up to 90% of your acquisition and 100% for your construction costs and literally get into the deal with 10% down plus your yeah. closing costs. You know, a lot of people that are not in the real estate industry look at these real estate investors and like, where the hell are they getting all this cash to buy up all these properties, right? How are they purchasing all these properties? Well, guess what? They have lenders behind them, right? They have a lender like ourselves. They call me up and say, hey, Saul, you know, I'm purchasing this property for a million bucks. I'm putting in, you know, $300,000 of construction. My after repair value tomorrow is going to be 2.5 million bucks. Are you going to lend on it? Mm-hmm. You know, we write the deal. We take a look at the deal and say, hey, you know what? The ARV is at 2.5 mil. His all-in cost is 1.3. Within excluding his closing costs, you know, it looks like a very good deal. You know, why would we not want to lend on it? And from start to finish, it generally takes us about seven business days to get a deal closed. So, those are the benefits of working with a private lender. You're not cash strapped, right? Today, if you're putting in that $1.3 million of your own capital to work, and tomorrow you have another deal that comes uh, and falls on your lap, guess what? You're not able to purchase that deal. With us or with a private lender, you're able to lever your money up. You're able to go and, and, and purchase multiple deals and, and get higher returns on your money. Yeah, that's good. And, and I would add to it by saying the paperwork, like the paperwork is unreal. When you have to go the traditional route, like the paperwork can be just gruesome and a headache and it takes forever. When dealing with a hard money lender, they want to know a little bit about you and your experience so that, you know, they are betting on you as the individual. But if you have a track record, then they are more than okay with seeing a, a few deals under your belt and confident in you, but they're really judging the property. Like, are they okay with that property and taking it back if needed? And if you have enough spread on the deal and you have some experience, then I mean, it's a no brainer and they can close quick. So you don't need to do any paperwork. It's not a pain in the ass. It's just quick, easy. And like I said, they're going more off of the project and there's so many benefits to that in itself. Like it's just OPM is the way to go. But man, if you don't need to do all that headache and paperwork, or if your credit isn't right, if your credit's not right, you should come check out Credit Counts Elite so that you can get things improved and and get more funding. But my God, it's just incredible. You know, I just locked up a deal the other day and I called up my hard money lender right away and asked him what he thought on the deal. We're getting it for a million dollars under contract. It needs about 150,000 for the renovation. And the rates have gone up this whole year like crazy. So it's more than what I wanted to pay, but I'm looking at it and we have, I mean, it comes, it's an off market deal that it's going to come with, you know, as is right now, I could just put it on the market and probably sell it for like 1.5 million. It's incredible. It's like a home run deal. But with that being said, I would have to come to the table. He would lend the whole thing and I would have to come up with 150,000, which I can do with credit cards at 0% interest. So it's like, But I was looking at what he would actually make on this. If I hung on to it for the full 12 months, they would make about 120,000. 
And it's incredible because the security, the the quick in and out of sending, you know, a little bit of documents, sending wires, and they could make 120,000, right? That's incredible. That's where you want to be. You want to you want to turn from the investor to the actual bank. You know, sooner than later. I love it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and I Going back to what you were talking about with the paperwork, you know, I, I had one of our borrowers who's a very close friend of ours and has been a real estate broker for about 10 plus years and does sellouts, uh, condo sellouts in gorgeous neighborhoods in Manhattan and in Brooklyn. First time he looked at a project for himself, he calls us up and he's like, hey guys, I have a project. what do you guys need from me? And I was like, well, we need the contract. We need a scope of work. You know, if you have a track record, we need, we want to take a look at your track record and a 600 credit score he's and, and your entity documents he's like dude that's it that's all yeah. i need to start my own projects i'm like yeah he's like i wish i knew this earlier he's like i, I would have bought so many other deals it's amazing because so many people really don't know how easy it is to get a hard money loan and i'm glad that you brought that up because you know I, every time i speak to someone it's like mind-boggling it's like wow you know a lot of people really don't know about it really don't take advantage i mean listen of course there's also risk involved with, with yeah, let's getting- talk about that. Yeah, I wanted to discover the risk. So let's talk about the risk for a moment. What what does that look like on both sides? I mean, risk as a borrower, right? The biggest thing is, you know, losing the property to foreclosure, right? Yep. The property going into foreclosure, you're completely out of the deal. With private lenders, you're able to, I mean, I and I hate saying this, but it, it it's true because a lot of lenders do this. You're as a borrower, if you're in default with a private lender, you can always call them up and say, "Hey, you know, I'm in this situation. What are we able to do? Can we figure out a payment plan? Can what what are, what options do I have before I lose this property to foreclosure?" Yeah, right. So that that's the first step that they they generally take. What else would you want? I mean, that's like the first risk. The second risk is getting into too many deals, right? Too many deals that you're not able to handle right? Have a borrower that's in, in 10 deals right now, and it's getting very tough for him to make his monthly payments, right? You want to make sure you have enough liquidity set aside for both your construction and for your monthly payments to your hard money lender, right? Yeah. So it's the systems and processes that you put in place. Understanding the terms and conditions is is upfront like the most crucial, right? So all hard money lenders are typically going to have a, you know, it's a percentage annualized. And then it's also the points and points is basically the upfront cost. It's a percentage. So say it's two points, that's 2% of the whole project, the whole picture here. And they're going to want that upfront. It's going to be, you know, put into the overall calculations of closing costs and so forth wrapped into the loan. And so now understand this, it's typically for you know, not a bridge loan for this example, but for a, you know, a fix and flip loan, it's typically over a 12 month time frame, right? And with this time frame, sometimes some of these lenders will give extensions of six months with some fees and terms and conditions that, you know, but you got to have transparency and communication. But realistically, you have 12 months for this loan and time is ticking each day. It costs more money. So prorated on, on that on that spectrum there. So it's really important to realize that first off, and then also realize you are responsible for a monthly payment, just like a mortgage would be, you know, you are responsible for a monthly payment and that's going to come out of your pocket, meaning you may still want to get extra additional funds 
outsource from other places like a private money lender or your own savings or you know, a 401k or whatever, or credit cards at 0% interest. You might want to take out additional capital so that you can have that monthly payments to the hard money lender secured and taken care of. Because if not, and you get to the place where, hey, you are a great, you know, deal finder and you have a lot of deals coming in and they're all great, but now you have 10 projects, you're doing a lot, you're stressed out on all these 10 projects, but now you're also looking at the finances and you're like, oh God, each month it's it's eight to $10,000 per deal. And it's like, wow, this is starting to add up. Well, yeah, man, you should raise some capital from, for that monthly payment because the projects could take longer. It could be extended. It could have unexpected things with construction and so forth. So you got to have these backup plans be in agreement and understanding fully on the terms and conditions so that you're not setting yourself up for failure, but you're planning ahead and truly understanding the full scope here to set yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. You make a very good point. And sometimes you know that just goes over my head with a 12-month term loan because so many people that we deal with are like seasoned investors already. They already understand that, hey, I need to be out of this loan before the 12th month. I have yeah. X amount of time to get out. I want to be in this project maybe for six months. So that's why when whenever we have a first time investor come to us and you know their first time fixing and flipping, you want to make sure you see a term sheet from your lender, right? You want to see yes. what all your costs are going to be. Are there any extensions? Are there going to be any extension fees? How does that all that work, right? That's super important. I'm very glad that you brought that up. Another thing that I always tell my first time borrowers is that hey, if this is your first time fixing and flipping, you don't want to get into a project where it's going to require for you to do a full gut renovation, yep. right? You want to stay as far away from that project as possible, unless they partner up with someone like you that has experience, right? Experience. Yep. They'll be able to walk you through the whole entire process and show you how to close that deal and and get it done in a fashionably time and, and for you to not lose money on it. So yep. there are many times where a first timer is going to come to us and say, I, I had this beautiful deal. Can you fund it? And I, I hate to say, but like, I'm sorry, but we can't do it unless you partner up with someone that has the experience and is seasoned enough to be able to walk you through the whole entire process and get you to the finish line. We're not that lender where we want a loan to own. I want to make sure that my borrowers are, are successful in their projects and they grow with us. That's, that's super important for us. That, that's a good key right there too. You're not greedy at all. You don't want the headache that it comes with by foreclosing and having to take back properties and now you have to finish the project. You're like you're no moron here. Like you want to set them up for success and some lenders aren't like that. Some lenders have the team, the experience and they're like, "Yeah, we can make a whole new division out of this and we'll lend to any Tom Dick and Harry that, you know, comes by." And that that's not morally right or acceptable in my eyes. As an investor, if a lender ever tells you, "No, we're not okay with investing on this deal." That is a good tail sign of, hey, maybe you as an investor, you should recalculate that project. I've actually had a lender tell me I thought it was a great deal and I was getting emotional into the project thinking during negotiations. And then I come to find out like my hard money lender gave me a couple things to kind of challenge me on. I was like, huh. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, we'll figure out a way around that. And it really wasn't a good strategy. It wasn't a good backup plan. And after a couple of days, they were like, you know what? I'm sorry, Brandon. Like, We're not going to, we can't comfortably lend on this one. And I was like, really? I was offended at first. And then afterwards, I started looking at it more. I'm like, you know what? I bet they're right. And I started really deep diving into it as not an emotional standpoint, but hey, is, is this the smartest decision? And I realized that 
no, I'm taking on more risk than I would like and just betting on certain things that could be out of my control. And I realized at that point, I was like, this is another great reason why you partner up with good people that see it each and every day. And if they say no, then maybe I should say no as well. And I backed out of that deal and and it worked out. The person that did take it, because I was watching like a hawk afterwards, they failed on it miserably. Wow. And yeah, and it was really like, it was like one of those things of like, Jesus, you know, like I could have lost hundreds of thousands on that one and just the headache and pain and stress that comes with that. So no need for that. I, I think that's a, a great tip. Talk to me about the the risk for like yourself as the overall lender, like hard money lender. I, I guess the, the biggest risk is having that brand new person or like having to actually take back a property, the headache that could come you know, it's all not sunshine and rainbows for you guys either, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I need, especially in, in the beginning of 2020, you know, we, we had a, a lot of borrowers reaching out and saying, hey, I'm no longer making payments because the government said I, I shouldn't be making payments. And I'm like, dude, you greedy son of a bitches. Yeah, I'm not the government. How, what did the government do for you recently? Like, how, how's that been working out? What do they even do with your tax returns? <laughs> like, dude, come on. I'm like, this. these are all business purpose loans right? Anything happens, you still need to make your monthly payments. Please make sure you're making it because, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and, and have to foreclose on anyone. You know, yeah. it's the last thing that we ever want to do. For um, sure. A majority of our borrowers are like, all right, you know what? We'll start making payments again. I guess they did some more research on it. Media didn't help. You know, I'm sure, you know, like everyone's saying, oh, yeah. oh, forbearance this, forbearance that. And, you know, at the end of the day, the people that did choose a forbearance are in so much crap right now that it's, of course. When's the last time the news ever sent somebody out for success? Be careful with that stuff, boys and girls. Like, yeah, you know, do your own. Do your own yeah, what, yeah, whenever the, the news tells you about some new medicine, they're telling you something amazing about it right now. But 10 years ago, they were saying something horrible. And guess what? In another five, 10 years, they're going to be saying, hey, everything that we promoted back in the day, don't do that. It's actually coming out with cancer and all these other things. So exactly. be careful with the damn or social media, the, the media itself and everything else. God forbid. I mean, that's one, right? You know, your, your borrowers stop, make, stop making payments. So you start reaching out, trying to figure out a, a, a resolution. Two, of course, is worst case scenario where you need to foreclose on a property, right? Those are the biggest risks that we have. I mean, listen, you know, market trends are one day is up, next day can be down, right? So if we let down a market where, you know, it was trending up at the time, we were doing great. The ARV maybe was that, let's say hypothetically $500,000. But in the event we take over the property, the after repair value is now maybe at $400,000 or whatever the case may be. So that, that, you know, that is a huge risk for us. We're buying back a property where, you know, there's not much upside anymore and it's not yeah. really what we, we would want it to be. But I mean, look, in, in many cases, our strategy is originate loans and sell loans to the secondary market and kind of have that risk uh, mitigated that way. But we also have a balance sheet. And we yep. balance many deals in the New York City area because that's our backyard, right? We understand the market fully. We understand where it's going, how it's going, uh, you know, what areas are being rezoned, you know, what the mayor is thinking, the whole nine yards for us to be, you know, comfortable with balance sheeting those deals, right? So- there are many yeah. deals that balance sheet in the New York City area, right? But th- those are the biggest risks for us, right? And of course, the third risk is, is having a first-time borrower getting into a project that requires that full bed renovation, right? We shy away from that right away. We we deny that right right away. Another risk would be, you know, having a borrower getting into multiple deals at one time. 
I would say like 20 or 30 deals on one shot, right? Like your thought process is, well, you know, I need to put my money out to work and I need to lend it out as much as I can. But at the same time, you know, if I'm lending out to one individual that might be biting too much that they can't chew, you know, it, it's a huge risk. Yeah. Now, what, once you get to that stage of, you know, taking down eight to 10, 15, 20 properties a month type of thing, then I'm sure as the lender, just like a bank would, people need to identify this and realize that there, there's caps to everything. Uh, a bank has a comfortableness level uh, when it comes down to risk tolerance and so forth. The same thing with any type of lender. When they have that much money that they're betting on, like I said uh, originally, a lot of hard money lending, they're betting more on the deal itself. And yes, they want to see a little bit about your experience and so forth. And if you have a little bit of a track record, great. You know, they'll be able to lend to you. But when you get to taking down 10, 15, 20 properties, they might want to have a, another reconsideration of like, hey, let's deep dive a little bit closer into your infiltration. Like, what does your systems look like? What does your team look like? Can you truly keep up and manage this? Do you guys have this as a well oiled machine? And if not, then there may be a higher risk level. And if it is well oiled and everybody's happy, hunky dory, and, and you know, turning projects rapidly with less, you know, problems, then by all means, maybe that will calm down your lender to be able to extend more lines of credit for you. But, um, but it comes down to, you know, identifying these things and then, uh, and just setting yourself up for success. So I I love this a lot. Let's talk about, you know, uh, when it comes down to borrowing, what should borrowers actually present to a lender? Because I, I see this a lot. I see a lot of brand new people uh, messing this part up. And and like you said, some people are have no idea if they don't talk to somebody like you first. As you know, a brand new investor, they might try to go the traditional route. They see all the paperwork or all the headache or 30, 45 day closing. They're like, oh my God, what is the underwriting's coming back like a day or two before asking for more stuff. And, and you're just like pulling out your hair. So what does it look like? Like for the the borrower, what do you prefer to see as the lender? I mean, for one, right, if it's your first time in real estate, you really haven't transacted before, I always say, please feel free, even if you don't have a deal, feel free to reach out to us. We'll speak to you. We'll let you know how the process works, right? What we can handhold as well throughout the whole entire process once you find a deal. But I think it's very important for them to be able to understand and realize, hey, this is what we need to see before you can begin a project and be, before we can be, begin funding you. I always tell our loan officers, hey, we're financial advisors to our borrowers, right? We're telling them exactly what we need, what needs to be done, underwriting, et cetera. So the first thing I always would love to see from a borrower, of course, is they did their diligence on the subject property, right? They know exactly what the construction budget's gonna be. They already spoke to two or three contractors they got quotes, so they know what the median price is for their construction budget. They spoke to a few realtors within that area where they're purchasing that property, so they have some sort of understanding what the after repair value will be for the property. And, and most importantly, of course, if you're an experienced uh, investor, I, I want to see your track record, right? I, I want to see that you know the deals that you flipped or deals that you've refinanced. But most importantly, initially on that first call, I want to see that deal, right? I, I want to understand yep. what you're purchasing you know, and what your strategy is going to be with the property, what, what your exit's going to be. Are you flipping it or are you going to be refinancing out? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I always look at it like this. Whenever I reach out to my hard money lender, he asked me, you know, what's going through your head, Brandon? What what's what do you got on this project? You know, and I'll send him the address. I'll tell him exactly what the plan is. Let him know, you know, the what it's going to entail, time frame, money, and I'll let them know the comps and they'll do their own due diligence. But if they ask for anything, I have it readily available. If it's your first time dealing with a hard money lender or just building that relationship, you should have all of that stuff readily available and send it over and request to, hey, I can send you everything that I got up front so that they can build the relationship with you and feel confident in who you are, what you're representing and and how you're going to be able to get this job done. Have backup strategies, have you know multiple exits. And I, I always like to over estimate and you know expenses as well as time and then blow them away on hey i did this a hell of a lot faster and a hell of a lot cheaper and that will make them feel comfortable as they work with you in the future as well so have these things together have your investor deck packet that you would naturally utilize to send out to you know private money lenders that you're raising capital with to your hard money lender as well. All of this stuff can be just life-changing in so many ways by showing that you know your area, you know your project, you have your backup plans, you have your strategy in place, you know exactly the consequences, the risk involved, you know exactly your strategy, and you are prepared to see this successful. And that will make the individual, the the lender, feel very confident in the individual that they're investing in. And, and that's really important. Absolutely. Um, so I love that when when it comes down to um, somebody actually wanting to to flip the script here and and uh, get to the position just like you have the choices that you met made in the past of becoming that you know active real estate investor to actually becoming a uh, hard money lender. What does that look like? You know, I, I knew you did a lot of cold calling, door knocking. Did you raise capital that way as well? And did you uh, you know uh, at this point? A lot of hard money lenders, they they get a lot of private capital themselves at good rates. And then they kind of put all of this together so that they can become the hard money lender to to other investors like myself, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, in our fund, we, we have our own personal capital in the fund. And then we go out there and raise capital from, you know, doctors, lawyers, you know, people with the 401ks, accredited investors, right? Uh, that's that's what we look for in the fund today. And it's truly passive income. Unlike when, you know, people are telling you, hey, you know, come in as an LP on a deal and you're you're gonna be passive, right? But there's no such thing as passive in real estate unless you're on the debt side. And that's my opinion. So yeah, so we're we're constantly raising capital. We're still raising capital to this date. So I mean, you know, returns on there, you're probably seeing anywhere from like eight to eleven percent on returns on an annual basis, which is not bad. Yeah. Um so uh, that that's where we're at with with that. Okay, great. And in this fund, do they get any upside on equity or tax write-offs, or is it just debt side that they get? That would be a question truly for my my partner Ruben. He would be okay. He would be that. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm. You know, as far as setting up the fund, when did you guys set up your guys' fund? In twenty, what was it? Twenty eighteen. 2018. Cool. 
And then how do you guys go after, you know, find all the private money lenders for this? Is it, I know you said doctors, lawyers, 401k, individuals like that, accredited investors, but how do you guys market to that? Because that's going to be for, for a fund management company. It's like, that will always be an ongoing thing regardless. Always bringing in more capital for the fund and then always having the, you know, opportunities coming in to be able to put it to work. So the way in which we got started, we we had our own private capital in there. Yep. Reached out to friends and family. I think that was the first step that we did. Friends and family that, you know, were able to invest into the fund. And then from there it was truly a word of mouth. People were just speaking to each other and say, Hey, you know, I, I invested with the WeLine guys. You know, these are my returns. You know, I I see my monthly dis- distributions as like butter, right? I have no issues with them and 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 this is what they're offering. So a lot of word of mouth. So from that on, it was like a snowball effect. People just start reaching out on their own saying, hey, I have X amount of capital I want to invest. But also marketing on social media, I think it's huge too, right? A lot of people underestimate that, but social media is huge as well. I, I think across all so- social media platforms, we have roughly, I would want to say about like 30,000 followers around that range. It's not much, but um, majority of them are in the real estate uh, sector. and. And there are some people that reach out to us and say, hey, you know, I, I want to invest with you guys. Yeah, um, I love it, man. That, that, yeah, there's so much money to be made out on social media and and ways like you guys are making it a win-win scenario where obviously they're investing with you, which that funds the fund uh, so that you guys can make money and make everybody else happy. But they're getting monthly, you know, dividends they are getting monthly returns, which can make somebody feel comfortable and like, oh, God, it is working. I, I just put it to work last month and like. You know, I'm seeing it every month come back in. This is cool. You know, like that's always fun. So very cool, man. How much how much uh, capital did you guys start off with putting in yourselves, all three of you guys? We put in, I think, a little north of uh, a few million. I don't have the exact number. Yeah, three, I think it was around that range. Three, four. Cool. Nothing- yeah, cool, man. But the cool part with a fund is like you can start with anything. You know, yeah. you can raise five, ten thousand dollars from a, a bunch of people, get your first fund of fifty k. You know, whatever it is. Uh, but what's important behind this is that you get whoever invests with you a strong return. You get them a strong. Do you build that confidence, that loyalty, and and you get that word of mouth spreading? You get people to say as you give them the money back, they're like, no, no, no. Like you did so well with it. Like please take it back. Like keep putting it to work. I love seeing the. I love seeing the numbers go up, you know, um, that's, that's where the value is. And that word of mouth will spread like wildfire in the opposite to that though, is if you do anything negative, if you're not making people happy, then it will spread like wildfire as well. And nobody's perfect, but, um, there's ways to set up your lenders for more success and, uh, and to appreciate the investors because without them, you know, we're, we're all nothing without our, our money partners and our investors. So it's important to have that loyalty and, and build that clearly. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. That goes on our origination side and it also goes on to the fun side, right? Everyone needs each other at the end of the day. You want to make sure it works. Um, and I, I think it's also huge for sponsors, borrowers to maintain good relationships with, with their lenders, right? I, I think that's huge because times like, you know, COVID, you want to make sure you have that good relationship with them and you're able to jump on that phone call and talk to them on a personal level and see what you guys were able to to do. You know, many lenders at that time also were pulling back on lending. There are some lenders that were still lending to individuals that they had a good relationship with. 
So I think maintaining your relationship is huge. How many um, investors do you guys have roughly now? I, I I don't know. So Ruben really handles the fun side and we're I'm more on the origination side. So I'm going to have to pick. I'm going to have to get Ruben's number and pick his brain left and right after this. And then um, I'm curious on the software that you guys use for keeping investor relationships or certain things that you guys might do to keep everybody in communication, full transparency and happy and hunky dory. I know we have a software. And again, that, that's going to be a question really geared towards Ruben because I'm s- strictly on the origination side. Okay. Uh, making sure that we're producing on a monthly basis and an annual basis. Yeah. Um, we have it's important. Software. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate the bluntness because uh, we we don't want to misguide people in the wrong direction. So I, I appreciate that. We're going to have to steal Ruben is what I'm going to say. We're going to have to get Ruben on here sooner than later. But yeah, we're, we'll put him on blast soon. But hey, man, Solomon, I, I appreciate your time today. It was incredible. I think this is really helpful for the beginning investor, you know, intermediate or uh, somebody that's looking to finally realize like, yeah, every time I've been the the bank, it pays off and it's very lucrative. I want to stick to that side just like Solomon did. And yeah, it's a it's a no brainer. So um, guys, if you have any questions at all, you're going to want to reach out to him as soon as possible, an open book and and a wealth of knowledge. And he'll tell you just like it is, be able to guide and, and uh, be that financial advisor to really see if it's a good fit and how you guys can work together if it makes sense. And by all means, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, where, where can actually people get a hold of you? How can they find you guys? Yeah. So you can find us on across any social media platform, WeLend LLC, uh, whether it be Instagram, LinkedIn, you guys can personally reach out to me on my LinkedIn. It's Solomon Solomonov. I'm sure Brendan, you're going to add that when, when this airs, you can also reach out to me directly on my phone number is 212-257-3888 or via email, solomon at com. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, guys, definitely reach out to Solomon. Like I said, wealth and knowledge and can definitely guide you in the right direction or answer any questions you may have. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Um, do me a favor too. Go follow Credit Council Elite on on Instagram. We just got this new page. Got like six followers right now. I'm really heartbroken from that. So I need to double, triple. I, I need to get some next level uh, stuff on there. And so do me a favor, follow us on on the Instagram for Credit Council Elite. Uh, that would mean the world to us. We got a lot of cool things coming in place on, on that, that we'll start uh, spoiling you guys with a lot of wealth of knowledge. And if you guys are, you know, tired of getting denied from banks and really want to get you want to get a 90% approval odds. You want to get up to $500,000 every six months at 0% interest. Get a big old stack of these, uh, you know, up to $500,000, 0% interest for up to 24 months. And uh, you can repeat this every six months. Then check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. There's a 10 minute video on there to explain a little bit more what the hell I'm talking about. And then you can get a second opinion from either myself or one of our coaches to really assess your situation and see how we can best serve you. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to get the newest notification every single Monday for the podcast, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I don't know what you're waiting for. Make sure you do that right now. Stop what you're doing. Hit that subscribe button. Leave that five-star review. It means the world to us. You guys are amazing. We will catch you on the next episode next Monday. And uh, till then, God bless. Appreciate you guys. Solomon, you're the man. Appreciate you, dude. Thanks. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. This has been another episode 
episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.